Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trav. This is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding nothing else to do on a Friday night except go out and kill a bunch of people. Now wait a second. This we're not we we're, we're not talking about that kind of gaming. No, no, no. We're not talking about gaming. We're talking about slasher films and how and putting them in your game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, we were supposed to have a host tonight, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, so uh, we're going to trundle ahead with the, all the notes that we amassed to ask this person questions. We're not going to ask questions of each other. Uh, but before we get there, Trav, you have an announcement. Oh, yes. By the way, uh, as of this taping, it is October 19, 2022. Tomorrow... October 20th, we'll start season 14 of this podcast. Yay! So, yeah. Yes. Season Just, 14. Wow. Yeah. Which means that we, we, we're, we've actually run longer than Supernatural. No, that was 15 seasons. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it just went just when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. Okay, <laughs> I knew, I knew we Settle were definitely. Settle on there, Fredo. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, were so definitely, it. we were definitely not up there with Gunsmoke. We're definitely not up there with Stargate, uh, and its its other iterations. No, um, no, that one ten seasons. I know ten so seasons, we, but if you add the other stuff in, which is still part of the same continuity. Yeah. So yeah. And I don't even want to start as Star Trek. I, I have no, no idea. No, 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 no. I have no idea. Yeah, so. But no, still, season 14 for a podcast going on 14 years, that is... Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the other podcasts that were, like, the podcasts, and they, uh, you know, and they're also in the 600s. They're actually behind us. <laughs> okay. A little, not too far. But, you know, they were, they go and they put out a, an episode like once every two month, two weeks to a month now. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, and they're, you know, in the, and, and but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at you, Fear the Boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I can were, imagine Bruce doing the motion, pointing to his eyes, pointing outward and back yeah, and forth. I'm looking I, at you. Yeah. It was, well, Fear yeah. the Boot, you know, uh, at feartheboot.com. Uh, was the uh, was the podcast to emulate for a long, long time? Uh, because a uh, the 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 host basically had a uh, platinum credit card, went out and bought all the equipment, all the audio equipment to make their podcast sound really good. B actually scripted out the podcast ahead of time, you know, in like a flowchart, so that everybody knew what what was going to be they were going to talk about and everything else like that. It would actually redo it if they sucked. So it's just like you know, uh, you know, uh, hosts came and went, 
Uh, I don't, uh, half the people, I'm not really sure who they are now on the podcast, but the main host, of course, is uh, still Dan, and he's still there. But anyways, uh, just like we have had, you know, char- characters, uh, I should say hosts, come and go, and we miss them. Uh, we wish they'd oh, come yeah. back to visit us, at least, you know, but uh, it is what it is. And, um, you know, some of them keep saying they have work at, at, at Wednesday nights, and so they don't do it. Uh, I'm looking at you, Jay Haley. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? You know, so, but anyways. Um, but uh, it's great to be here uh, almost at the 14th season. And uh, we are talking about slasher films, okay, and adding them to your gaming. Now, I guess the first question we should really ask ourselves, and I don't have an answer for this, so it's wide open, and that is, why would we want a slasher film? You know, why why would we want to do this? Why do we want to add, you know, a slasher character into our gaming? I think it's a very clear, very established form of horror. Okay. If you're bringing it into your game, once your players realize they're dealing with a slasher, they'll immediately have certain behavior. They'll they'll automatically know certain tropes, and it can set the tone for a whole gaming session. And then you can either play along with it and have fun, or you can twist the tropes to really twist the the players' brains. Okay. Uh, do you have something you want to say, Travis? Uh, it just. As is, as like, yeah, not really, no. I mean, it is such an established part of our pop culture. We've been having slasher films, I think, pretty much since, I'd say, the 80s. Oh, maybe yes. Maybe earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, about the 80s. Okay, so we're going on four decades of slasher films. There's plenty of stuff to draw from, and there are names that you say you know who these people are. I don't watch horror, but I know who these various characters are just due to how they've inundated American and world pop culture. Okay. I haven't, yeah, I All just, right. I'm I'm not a fan of this. I, I'm going in blind with this. All right, well, but you're gonna, I know you're, these names. You're going to be our naysayer, you know, like John used to uh, be. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to, you, you, can, you can bring up the issues. But before we do that, yeah. you know, you were mentioning the tropes, uh, Jonathan. So what tropes exactly are you referring to? Uh, well, some of the most, classic tropes from from the slasher films are you know you never go alone those who when they split up and they go alone they did okay but isn't that isn't that normal in gaming it definitely in gaming so i think it's you know it's a great fit there okay well em- emerald rose always they have their famous song never split the party <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um another trope that is kind of classic is um sex equals death yeah yeah, yeah. all if right two people go off to canoodle one or both of them are going to be dead, probably sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, a younger, pure female is the sole survivor. Well, also, they generally don't kill children. Typically not. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. The virgin, you know, the vir- virginal uh, character usually is the one that survives to the end of the movie. And now that I think about it, um, the I mean, one of the good. And I don't think you've got it on your list because I don't I don't believe it is a slasher film, but it is a good horror film. And it does help cover a lot of these tropes is uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I did. I, I 
you know, because it basically plays off of all the other ones, mm-hmm. I didn't really include it for no, that reason. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we can talk about that a little, little bit later. Okay, any any other tropes? Well, I just want to point out that that is a good source of them. And uh, like, the only, oh, wow. Is there any others I can think of? Um, oh, well, typically the slasher is to some degree inhuman. They're, they're, they're usually something beyond insane. There are a few slasher flicks where it's just an insane person, but for the majority of them, there's something beyond insane. Either they're inhuman or like demonically evil or, you know, so insane that, you know, their brain doesn't even work at a level of human consciousness anymore. Stuff like that. Okay. All but right. That's, that's one of those tropes that isn't, I'd say, universal. But Okay. Let, let me give you a few more. Okay. Um... Uh... The murderer is near music. This is a golden opportunity for you to add audio to your campaign setting. Oh, yeah. There's like almost always the the slasher has a theme. Yeah, some kind of, you know, sometimes like you say, you get the, you know. Yeah. And, and, of course, the the piano. I can't do it, but the one from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, usually there's some kind of music that's that is thematically there that is used, you know, by the producer, or whatever, to enhance the stress level of the viewer as they're watching the film, thinking that something's about to happen. To you know, which is very, by the way, you know, soundscapes are used in movies for that very purpose, you know, to let you know whether or not you can relax or not, you know, or maybe you should relax, but. Uh, this is something that you can, since we are all both players and audience as gamers, your GM can use this music to kind of clue you in. You know, it's like the old saying is if you walk into a room and it's empty, it's a boss room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just got, you know, you got to gotta wait for something to happen, you know, right. Okay. So here's another one. Okay. Disappearing murderer. Oh, yeah. They always seem to evade notice right when yeah it's like they, they all have this innate stealth ability you know or whatever that if you take your eyes off of them they're gone they're like they're like leprechauns in that regard by the way leprechauns as long as you keep your eyes on them and you and you never look away you know and try not to blink they can't run away but as soon as you look away or, or blink you know or something like that then they can vanish so it's one of the ways you get the leprechauns to give you a wish or give you their pot of gold or do something for you. We've yeah. we've all seen the, the, the slasher's ability to teleport as well. If you're running from the slasher and you look back and they're not there anymore, now they're in front of you. Right. And usually you get stabbed. Which <laughs> you turn back and you run you turn back and run into the knife. And yeah, or, which or, made me laugh because if you the Friday the thirteenth video game they recently did, not the eighties NES version, but the one they did on PC just a few years ago, they actually gave Jason the ability to teleport. As long as no one was looking at him, he could teleport across the map. Cool. All right. Yeah, and and there was, um, uh, you know, and, and of course there, there's a there's a there's a couple of things that you know, uh, for example, the um, they have the ability to to cause the victim to trip. Yes, yeah, like psychically to trip them from a distance. Yeah, they're they're doing fine. They're running across a completely flat ground or whatever. Trip. Yeah, that you know, and that's and of course you know, and and that's when the the 
you know, and most game systems have really big uh, penalties to, uh, uh, you know, to getting back up. You know, you lose like a lot of your movement and things like that. Some games have a have a feat called kipping up, which allows yeah. you to literally bounce back up to your your feet and keep on going. But most games, if you're if you think you're going to get away, because oh look, you know he's slow or, or she's slow, and and I can get away from it. Oh, or something grabs you. You know, something somehow you get entangled or something. That's that's the, a special ability that most of of these you know somehow. You know, it's it's done dramatically, but like you'll 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 trip on something, you'll go into a spider web, you know, you'll fall you'll fall into a hole. Something happens to basically trip you, and then the monster's there. I was just thinking of another one, um, real quick. Is usually the slasher has at least one free life. Whenever you oh, kill oh the, yeah yeah that the, the 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 whole reincarnation kind of thing happens. I wouldn't even yeah. say that like within a movie you 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 think you oh, yeah. put them down no. you think you've shot them and then you yeah know, get, kind of back to that thing you turn away and you look back and they're gone the mo- the murderer isn't really dead yeah that's yeah. that's a trope you know you think you killed it but it's not dead no you know and uh uh you know and and and, and uh, the murderer can't be dismembered but can do it to victims. You know, I watched uh, in one of the Jason films, uh, uh, he literally got hit with, I don't know what he got hit with. It was serious. I mean, they literally like pretty much should have chopped, you know, at least partially chopped his arm free of his body, one of his arms. A little bit later in the movie, he's fine using the arm like nothing's there. Just a stain on on his uh, uh, his, his uh, dungarees, his, uh, his, his coveralls. Okay, but otherwise, fine, you know. So yeah, uh, uh, you know, injuries only slow down the murder. Now, if you want to be, if you want to be legit about this, okay, then you can say, you know, uh, you know, nanobots, uh, or something similar, like, uh, you know, like like whatever is in uh, those uh, stem packs in Fallout. Yeah, like, well, I mean, I think one. One of the Jason, one of the Friday Thirteenth movies, they actually tried to explain it that he has like a healing factor, like Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, I'm <laughs> which sure was he does. probably the worst mistake they could have made. Just leave it a mystery, but <laughs> yeah, no, but but some you have to if you're going to put it into a game. But uh, oh, fair but enough. Also, if you're putting yeah. it in a game, yeah, yeah, you, you got to explain it in some way. Okay, but um, uh, but like also um. A glue, surgical glue, is a thing today. I mean, I have a family member who just went through a serious operation, and they literally just—they—they they, they hardly did any stitching. They just glued everything. <laughs> just so you know, I mean, if you had this stuff, you know, if the monster, the vi- villain had this stuff, you know, I mean, we've seen movies recently where you know they get people get shot, and and the doctor just pulls out this. This syringe that looks an awful lot like a cock gun, and just click, 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 and just and you see this creamy stuff coming out of the wound, and they're fine after that. Of course, that's also you know a, a trope that you know yeah. in action films that you just you just all you have to off. do is close the wound, and they're perfectly fine. Yeah, they just you know there's no there's no inter you know there's no there's no broken ribs. There's no, no shredded uh, muscle, no nothing. No shredded muscles, no that stuff. No. Just, it's, it's just a fine. hole in them that that is leaking 
right. oil. Or you could just simply say, look, this monster, you know, the monster knows it's going to die. So it has no reason to, like, try to, you know, go anything other than all out. You know, it saves life. Or it's on PCP, so it doesn't even feel the pain. Yeah. Or, you know, it's hopped up on other kinds of painkillers. Or it has some kind of a psychic block going on, you know, through hypnosis or mind control. Or all these other things like that. And then we're not even bringing in the supernatural, you know, healing factor. You know, the fact that they're really a zombie. So it doesn't matter how many times you hit them. They're still going to... They're, they're not... They're, you know, they're, they're, that's not blood that's keeping them going. You know, it's it's uh, literally rage and, and, the, and the will to, to complete their task. Although I will say a good example of what happens when you break that trope is the... Um, let's... Uh, uh, child's play movies with uh, Chucky the doll. Yeah. Because he gets messed up and he doesn't get repaired. <laughs> well, yeah, but see, the difference here is is that, uh, uh, okay, well, you know, is that Chucky is actually trying to go from the doll into the boy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole series of movies is really until you get to the part where Chucky, the seed of Chucky, is yeah. that he's trying to go from this this doll that he went into because he was dying, okay, and go from there into a proper host so he can basically be a human, a person again, and, you know, uh, unidentified and go on and, 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 and engage in his campaign of, of evil doing, you know, once he grows up to an adult or whatever, you know, and so, you know, he, he basically can transfer from body to body. He can body hop, you know, and that's pretty much like the Matrix, by the way, you know, with all the uh, agents who just keep body on. Yeah. And then they and they always they don't stay. They don't look like the guys that they they hop into. They immediately change their form to look like their original form, their identification, you know, of a, as an agent. So you know, maybe you know the person you're killing is just some random townsperson who's been taken over and just looks like the the bad guy now, you know, and, and it's really somebody else entirely. They've just body hopped and done this. So there, there are ways of doing, and you know, this is, and this is a cool thing to do, by the way, um, in that, because they, if they don't utterly destroy you, if they just wound you and you get away, then, you know, you're you're going to come back. You know, and that's the whole sequel thing that we're going to be talking about. But uh, uh, also uh, the one where you look back and the murderer's gone, but now they're in front of you. There's also the one where you you're running like a track star, okay, and then you look back and it's right and it's right behind you. So I always figured that you know in D and D terms, these kinds of slasher characters they got blink or teleport, like you said, yeah. or dimension yeah. door. Or psychic travel, or whatever you know, they they just focus on their target. And bam, they're right next to them, you know. So that's just a kind of a power that you can give them. Even if you don't want to give them power, they they have top tier athletic ability to match any piece, any of the and characters. Stealth and right. yeah, just well again, yeah. you know, if they're uh, high on PCP and things like that, then yeah, they're you know, or drinking the you know from the jug of seven demons, a la. You know, uh, uh, big trouble, little China. You know, they, you know, they, they have, uh, uh, you know, they don't get tired. They, they don't get, you know, you know, they don't get sore. They, feel, they don't feel sore. They don't feel tired. They can go at a hundred percent all the time. You, on the other hand, get winded. 
you can't keep it up forever. This is one of the, the, the strong points of zombies, is that zombies, is, you know, once you've hand-waved the fact that they're moving with, without eating or without digestion, without blood, okay, they can go forever. They may not be the fastest people around, but they're never going to stop. Sooner or later, you've got to sleep. And all during that time that you're sleeping, they're closing in. They're surrounding you. They're, they're, you know. It's a classic tortoise in the hair. Only the tortoise is going to eat the hair. Yeah, yeah. licking your toenails. <laughs> I, I, I've read some very strange fairy tales, by the way. Yeah, I so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a right way and a wrong way to kill people. And, that, and by the way, that's also, that's an unspoken slasher trope. They have rules. Yeah, you, they, they never use a firearm. They they never like well yeah almost never uh they they never um uh they don't like you'll get into a car and like run you know run you over they don't like go in and pull the parking brake and just push the car down the road and and and, and run you over you know they don't grab a cable and electrify you know that's what the victims are doing to the slasher they you know unless it's their shtick you know like in shocker he was electricity and so he did that but otherwise it's uh. You know, the victims, those are the tools of the victim, not of the slasher. The slasher has a signature type of weapon that they use, and they will only use that weapon, and they will especially use, like, their favorite one of it. I mean, they'll literally drop possibly a better weapon, go over and pick up a smaller knife just so they have their weapon, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, Freddy... Could kill people with all kinds of things, but he's going to go for the you know for the knife blade. Yeah, I mean, the finger blade, right? Always went for the 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 knife glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd he'd, he, he'd torture you, you know, to insanity in your dreams with all sorts of of horrible implements. But when it ta- came time to to seal the deal, yep that that glove was pretty much it. Right, and sometimes you know the murderer can only be killed with their own weapon, and this works especially good in games where there are magic weapons and such, because, you know, you, imagine a D&D game, okay, where nobody has any magic weapons, but this is a creature that could only be killed with a magic weapon. Where's the magic weapon? Yeah. I hope you've taken some ranks and disarm. Yeah. That's right. That's right. They're using it. So, you know, you either go up, let the guy hit you with a knife, okay, and then... Wrench it free, fall back, and then and then your buddy's got the knife, or you somehow manage to grapple with the monster and then disarm it, and then you've got the knife and you can you you can kill it with its its own weapon. But that's that's a common trope with with a lot of monsters is they can only be killed with their sig- signature weapon, and sometimes it's it's like it's like the claws, the claws of the monster. You they they grab the claws and they bend them down and they actually. You know, gut themselves. I, I think they did that in one of the um, Predator, one of the Predator films. They actually stabbed one of the Predators with their I own. I think uh, I think I remember that, and I also think I remember that from uh, one of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets as well, where some one of the victims or, or or the survivor, I think, actually got a hold of Freddy's claws and used them against him. Also, generally speaking, the murderer is dressed a certain like we talked about. They have a signature look. They're dressed a certain way. They're always dressed that way, you know, and uh, they don't like put on a, uh, you know, a trench coat and slink away and, you know, or or throw it off and surprise you and attack you. They're dressed the same way they always are. You just, you know, it is, 
it's just you have to learn what you know it's it's more important in the sequels than the original because the original you don't know what they're going to look like but i'm just saying is is that the uh in these kinds of adventures even if they teleport away even if they disappear and hide you can't see them sooner you know you know what they look like and so you can start looking for them yeah, you know, they're not big on disguise. Yeah, I think on that, it's we go back to the old, you know, joke. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, dr- dress, you know, decently because if you die, those are the clothes you'll be in for eternity. That's especially true for a lot of the ones with the supernatural bent, like Freddy. He has that iconic sweater and hat. You know, Michael. You know, the the the, the kind of weird mask. Jason, the hockey mask, and. Yeah, usually it's because they died wearing those, so that's what they're stuck in for eternity. Now, ones like Leatherface, who, from what I understand, all of that was based on a true story down in Texas. Yeah, he might have just, you know, you know what, I've got one thing on my mind, and it's not changing the socks. You know, it did, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he basically wears bib overalls in the face of, uh, uh, constructed from his victims. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's... I can't remember if that was one of the ones based off Ed Gein or not. I know Psycho, I think, was, but I think Texas Chainsaw as well. I think Psycho focused more on the crazy, and Texas Chainsaw focused more on the cannibalism and using people as, well, building material. I can't remember. I'll have to building look it up. material? Go look it up on Google. Some, who, okay. Listener, <laughs> listener go right. look it up. Do your own right. research. Yeah, as we say on Dementia Radio, JFGI. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me see here. Um, let's see, do we? I think that's that's all of the tropes that I had listed. You know, I called them shtick, but you know, trope works enough. Oh, and one is never enough. They're always you know, it's never just one person. There's always a body count. That was funny. We were talking today. You know, I sort of walked in on the conversation between our resident zombie geek and the music geek, the one I told you about that he listened to the Edition Wars episode. Um, they were talking that, yeah, apparently in Halloween Ends, the body count topped the previous one in one film. I don't know if it was one film or all together, but it was like Jason had 109 and Michael gets 112. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, and I think that, I don't, you know, unless you're like blowing up buses and stuff, I think it's It sounds like body Jason count takes Manhattan. Throughout. Okay, nah. because he was literally working his way through the, you know, Hell's Kitchen or something that, that, like that. I didn't, he, I don't think he actually got a lot of kills in there. He certainly killed a, a few people on the, well, I think it might have been over the course focused. of their, I think it was over the course of their series. Oh, well, then, yeah, sure. Yeah, Michael apparently has beaten out Jason by three. Yeah. So. I'm going to have to make another Friday the 13th now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's... Because usually, you know, uh, I mean, after the, after the, you know, not talking about the, the more recent remakes, but after the uh, uh, the initial thing with Michael, I mean, he would be, like, waking up, you know, on, of course, right, right before Halloween, and... Uh, you know, and he would basically just start killing people on the way to wherever it was he was going, which was Haddonville, um, you know, trying to find his sister, you know, or find somebody, you know, it's, uh, uh, and everybody he basically, you know, comes up against, you know, and the weird thing is, is that it's, on one hand, you could say, well, yeah, he doesn't want anybody to stop him, so he's killing everybody who sees him, but you never get that sense of uh, purposefulness to the killing. It just happens to be like you literally walked into my line of sight. <laughs> you know? Hi, nice to meet you. I'm going to be your killer tonight. Yeah, I 
I, I, I am your designated killer. You know, you know, please, please take that last drink. You know, you know, but don't take too long because I, I got a schedule to keep. Please assume the mandatory screaming and uh, death position. Yeah, right. yeah. It, it's like this one meme I saw where this guy is like looking over at death and saying, you know, hey, you know, he says it's great to see that even death gets a vacation, and death looks at me and says vacation, and they pull back <laughs> and it's the Titanic. Oh, I remember seeing that? Yeah. All right. Okay. So those are uh, uh, those are a lot of those are some of the tropes I um, uh, I came up with. I can I can think of. Uh, and again, you know, no, no movie has them all, but these these are the things that tend to be. And you know, and it really makes sense to you know, to it informs the GM as to how what kind of you know characters because you're probably not going to do more than one slasher adventure. So you might as well just you know load load your slasher up. You know, and there's a lot of creatures in you know, like I say, in like D and D games, our types of games that are really good for this. You know, uh, body hoppers are great for it. Um, anything that possesses somebody is great for it. People, you know, people that have the ability to um, dominate other creatures because you know, and then you, know, you could make them act like you know the what what you want. You know, high level monsters, of course, could do things like can literally do um, uh, polymorph other and change you know their some of their victims into looking just like themselves and then they turn around and they they, they go out and kill and uh, which could be also a great red herring because you see the monster you go running over but the monsters the real monster is actually somewhere else so yeah so yeah I mean, uh, uh, create you know create duplicates of yourself is always a fun thing to do. If you're a, a slasher who actually is trying to achieve some purpose rather than just going around and killing things. Otherwise, it's like, here I am. Come come to me because you're not going to kill me. Or if you do, I'm just going to come back. <laughs> so, so yeah. But while you're over here trying to kill me, I'm like really messing you guys up. So, you know, and of course, you know, this, uh, you know, the slasher tends to confirm the kill versus uh, most game systems where you fall down and the the, the 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 slasher just walks away from you. Slasher will probably stomp your head, or you know, come down and finish the job. You know, with one last you know strike to the head or to the chest. Sometimes they put you on display as like a trophy to. Oh, there's that. Oh, yeah. Warning, yeah. warning for others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not with the signature weapon. They'll grab something else and stake you up against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, and they all and they do tend you know to be. Uh, superhumanly strong, you know. It helps them. Oh, yeah, bu- almost helps always. them bust through doors. Helps them climb the outside of buildings. It helps them, uh, um, as you say, pick up people with one hand and throw them onto antlers, or th- you know, uh, you know, throw them onto wrought iron fences, or just throw them off the building. <laughs> and again, if it's not the supernatural factor, it's just they're hopped up on adrenaline or on drugs or whatever, and yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. So let's, let's talk, since we've already, you know, kind of started this, you know, uh, when we think about slasher films, okay, what are the ones that come to mind for you guys? Uh, there's a holy trinity for slasher films. And again, as I've said, I'm not a fan. I think it's fan. much bigger than three, but go for it. Uh, Freddie, Jason, and Michael Myers. Yeah. Okay. Those are the three that when you say slasher films, I am sure... Or no matter. Oh, matter of fact, yeah, the two co-words I was talking about. I brought up the slasher Mount Rushmore. 
and those were the three. And then I'm looking at Shane, and it's like, Chucky? Uh, maybe? <laughs> Does a lot of killing with knives. Well, yeah, but, I mean, if you... Yeah, it, it me, Shane, and Joe all agreed. Yeah, those three had been... If there was a slasher Mount Rushmore, those well, three right off the bat. Well, they certainly have the most sequels. Well, yeah, they've permeated pop culture that much. Right, right. But, you know, but uh, I would argue that that Ghostface from Scream, you know, has, you know, quite a few. Yeah, I think with with that one, that one was good because that was kind of the start of the, the, or the the culmination of the self-referential era of slasher films where... And deconstructionist. Yeah, the whole point of it was the meta commentary on you know well these are the rules of slasher films and and them admitting that to some degree oh yeah this is a slasher film so we're going to follow these rules that we're which arguably culminated with cabin in the woods yeah Yeah, Yeah, yeah. actually the roommate and i were talking about this today we brought this up and scream was almost not quite a parody but yeah they went meta and i would say it was more like an homage to all those slasher films especially the ones where yeah, you're on the phone, and yeah, oh, I'm coming to, you know, stalk you. And Yeah, it was more of a tongue-in-cheek homage, but I wouldn't say it went straight to just being a spoof. He's calling from inside the house. No, that's the Bud Light commercial with the penguin with the doobie-doobie-doo. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Man, we're I'm tracing right. the call. It's inside the house. Yeah. I-, I would say, though, that the other one I would maybe add to the slasher Mount Rushmore is Norman Bates from Psycho. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Because oh, that my. was kind of the genesis of the slasher flick. Well, yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, man. The man did the, some of the creepiest movies in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't. Th- I'm going to go back tomorrow to work. Now I said, yeah, that fourth one. Yeah, yeah. Bates. I think the yeah. only thing and, that and there were that sequels one. to it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh heck, there were a couple of TV series too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and he. Uh, well, yeah, there is the recent TV series. Yeah, and he did break from his uh, signature weapon when he took the shovel and cracked open his mommy's skull. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing that maybe diminishes him Oilers a slight looks. bit was the fact that he didn't have a signature look except for dressing up. Oh, I don't know. Shadow. Dressing up as his mother, I think, yeah. was a signature look. But you look. really never saw him in that look. It was always Shadow. You never you never got yeah. a oh, good yeah. look at him except towards the end of the movie. Unlike almost every other slasher flick, flick where you, you see him he's there. Yeah. No, I think that early. was that was a Hitchcockian flair there. Yeah. And uh, that's a word y'all can use that. That was a Hitchcockian flair because I said the man knew his movies. He was creepy. Yeah. I mean, even, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, uh, speaking of Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis, her mother, Janet Lee, the lady in the shower in Psycho, yeah. yeah, she even said, no, this man was just, yeah, I worked for him and everything, he wasn't right, just, yeah. <laughs> he, so he had that vision where all you saw was shadow, and you, yeah, okay, it was somebody in a wig, look like, a, and then you find out that it's, Oh, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I, it's one of the few films that actually scared the, you know, the, the, the pee out of me. Uh, I was I was young. I was not expecting it. Not I had didn't know what the ending was. And when he suddenly, you know, they found mom mommy's corpse in the chair, and he's there with the wig on, with his eyes and the knife. And I'm like, I had really bad nightmares from that. One of the two films that have really given me bad nightmares, and one film that's given me daymares, but that's that's for different reasons. <laughs> I'd say the only other ex- kind of exception that we have, like, the first Friday the 13th didn't have Jason in it. 
True. It was his mom. Yeah. Right. It was always. By the way, he doesn't show up until spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler for a multi-decade-old film. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's why I don't. I don't care. Yeah. If you don't know yet that it was, it was actually the mom looking for revenge for the death of her child. Yeah. Um, which turned out not to be well. I mean, maybe he was dead. I don't mean. It was always. It was always very unclear. You know. I mean, if he was yeah. a child, then how did he grow up? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, um, uh, and you already mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which had which had a really scary creepy first one and you know uh, you know with the, the whole thing and a hilarious sequel an absolutely over the top hilarious sequel yeah it kind of went the evil dead route the first one was an, an attempt to be scary and and at least with texas chancellor massacre it pulled it off i don't know if evil dead is quite as scary as they'd hoped it'd be but then yeah they get to a sequel and they just they just Cash in on the comedy, yes. And then yeah. Army of Darkness was just that to me wasn't scary. That was that whole no, movie was oh, just no. funny. It was, it was, point, even, it was, it was even advertised as an action film, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, the scariest part about Evil Dead was the fact is that the people they were dismembering were their friends who'd been possessed. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not killing the demons. <laughs> you're just killing your friends. You're just doing the job for the demons to get rid of people. Yeah, yeah you're making it easier for them. Yeah. Yeah, it just it's 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 a cluster <clears throat> from beginning yeah. to end, and the in the in the sequel to it, you know, is weirdly almost exactly like the first film. Okay, so I'm look I'm looking here at at Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was based on real events. That whole thing down. I, I never took that to heart. It I think they're going on the premise there of. That the scariest monsters can be actual people sometimes. Right. Well, that that's I mean, the Hollywoodized. The, it, obviously. the hook is it really happened, and you're like, really? Texas Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, really happened? And they get they get you in the door. Well, and then, and then John Larroquette doing that wonderful intro with his voice. Oh yeah, well yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, and and it basically reinforced that whole you know people who live out in the country are just really you know. Psychos. This is why you live. You know, civilization is in the urban centers. You go out a certain distance; it is nothing but crazed herbits and 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 uh, uh, peyote smoking natives and, and all the other demonic really, children. really, really, really bad pejorative stereotypes. But I mean, that's what these things do: is they feed to those. So you know, in a way, I guess we shouldn't watch them because we're helping to perpetuate that. The worst of that was probably the Hills Have Eyes, where everybody looked like a mutant. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. Including one guy who, that was the way he looked. You know, John, I think it was John Berryman. You know, I can't remember the name, but yeah, I know. I know everyone, if, you, if you're familiar with the box art for that, you know the face. Yeah. Oh, I think, I, yeah, I've seen him, He yeah. was halfway to Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 he was in a he, he was in a, lo- a number of other films where he was actually the good guy, and you know, but everybody thought he was the bad guy because he looked so weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, Sleepaway Camp was important because it was you know it it it, it took the idea that the the monster could be anybody. You know, it, the monster wasn't supernatural, at least not in the first couple ones. Uh, it was a, a teen, a teen that was a, a sociopath, 
and was perfectly willing to kill, you know, the other counselors and the and the and the and the uh, whatever. And uh, I never really got the uh, whole reason why she did it. I think she was abused as a camper and came back as a counselor and to take it out on the on the leadership at the camp for the abuse that she had suffered, much like a female version of Jason, you know. But you know, I. I it's one of those places where in the first one, you know, sleep, you know, uh, Crystal Lake, you know, they there weren't any real kids there. They talked about how the counselors hadn't done their jobs and things like that. But in in Sleepaway Camp, the kids were there, and so this place is supposed to be a happy place to send your kids where they can have fun and learn about nature and. And 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 the you know and and the pairs get to decompress back wherever. Turns out to be like you know you just put them into the lot, mouth of this lion, and nobody knows who they are because at the end of the first book movie, basically they, she, the the she manages to blame somebody beside one of the victims as the killer, and says that she killed the killer, and that she gets a she gets a pass and gets to come back for the sequel because nobody suspects her. Yeah. So that was that was interesting in the sense that it was a it was a big turnaround. It was you know it was before American Psycho and some of these other movies where normal looking people were complete psychopaths. You know this you know this one was one of those where you know horrendous things were being done and it wasn't being done by a horrendous looking person. It was or being even, done by even a, a slightly off or weird person, like again in the case of Norman Bates. Or you know the hills have eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it was definitely a slasher film in that regard. Uh, then, then, uh, then we said we talked about Child's Play. Child's Play with Chucky. Okay, where you have a guy who is a murderer. He's escaped prison, and but he knows he's going to get caught. So he's trying to. He knows like black magic, and he wants to transfer his mind into the body of somebody else. But he he gets stuck. You know, he gets basically trapped inside of a warehouse, and he and he you know, and because a doll, a lifelike doll, is kind of like a homunculus, you know, a totem, you know, um, a voodoo doll, you know, that can act, you know, that has that whole historical premise of being able to stand in for a person, he's able to transfer his mind into that doll, which then gets bought by a cute little boy who ter- who, who then becomes the object for him to go and, and and transfer his mind again. But for some reason, and, and it's been a while since I watched this, he kind of needs the boy's cooperation to do this. And so, anyways, it's so it stretches out over a number of films while the boy is growing up, with everybody thinking he's crazy when he talks about this homicidal doll. Yeah, <laughs> nobody believes him. You know, or if they do, they think they, they, they think the parents are you know the parents abused the kid, you know, and then blamed it on the doll. Nobody's going to believe it's the doll, right? So. This poor kid growing up, believing the doctors who told him that no, no, it was your parents; they were crazy. You know, but it was the doll. It's the and it still is the doll. And I and I haven't seen Seed of Chucky, where he manages to re- get a girl pregnant, 
and, you know, and such, you know, and the whole thing. I don't know. I, I, I said I haven't I, seen I it. I want to say I saw it, but it was like in the background, and it, I think magic was involved. I don't. Of course, magic is always involved in you know. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing is based upon black magic and soul substitution and things like that. Sure, sure. You know. Now, if you want to talk about you know some more modern, more you know slick kinds of slasher film than Hellraiser. Hellraiser basically super raised the bar, basically saying we're not only going to have a slasher film, we're going to have it make sense, and it's yeah. still not is and it's going to be worse as a result. And and to top as just frosting on the cake, we're also going to play up to all the BDSM fans. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, no, that's the in 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 Pathfinder and D anD D. That's the whole the Chitons, the Chain Devils. Those are the Cenobites. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking, you know, because I get Best Area One, and we're using Chitons in the Hardwired Hinterland campaign. One of them came from the Shadow Plane and got pulled in. Okay, fine. I'll explain that to you guys later. And I'm looking wow. through. I'm I'm looking. You you know my games by now, Bruce. And, sure. and I'm looking through the best year, and I'm like, this is Hellraiser. I'm there on the Chiton pages, and best year, this is Hellraiser. Yeah. Body, extreme body modification, all these open sores, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say Hellraiser, well, Clive Barker, I mean, come on, he did like Nightbreed and all those other ones, you know, just Clive Barker is, a, is a horror mine all on his own. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, I would say it, even from my outsider standpoint, Hell Hellraiser chain slasher films in just ways that nobody and i mean now there's the new one on yeah, i believe hulu TV series yeah on hulu and and it's a testament to hulu being able to make movies because with the new prey from predator the predator series are saying it's the best one a lot of people are saying this new hellraiser is just okay yeah. because prey was really good yeah and i'm saying that's a it's a testament to hulu studios uh movie making that this Hellraiser that's out now, they're saying, no, this is the best of the entire franchise. So, yeah. Hell- I haven't seen it, so I I'll, I don't know. I I believe it is a sequel. It's not a reboot. It's not a, a rehash. It's a sequel to the second film or further? It's in modern day, so it's not quite, I mean, it, I guess. Well, they were all in modern day. Well, I think three ends in the future, like far future. Oh, kind of like cool. Jason, like Jason X on the space station. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, well, the, one, yeah, the one where the space station turns into a box at the end. Yeah, yeah. The, that was three. I sure, think it wasn't four. Was, it could have been three or four. I know it was not the first two. That's that much I know. Oh, definitely wasn't the first two. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's set, you know, in modern day. But yeah, it is. It is. There is. A, it is a new pinhead. It is a. From what I heard, I I could be completely wrong on this, but from what I heard like secondhand and stuff it's the girl who is like the survivor of the first two films has gone dark and has become the new pinhead oh oh so it's the whole you either die the hero you live long enough become the villain gotcha yeah 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 okay because i'm seeing all these you know ads are popping up on my feed you know facebook and everything so pinhead's female okay yeah i'll go with that sure and 
now well, that I know a lot of Cenobites that were, you know. Yeah, well, I, I now that you know, I see the connection. Okay, yeah, I can, oh, it worked. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, y'all have done. I can't, I can't I mean, confirm that, but the, I, that's the guy's what I gotten old here. enough that he d- probably doesn't have any hair, anyways. Like, just yeah, it's yeah, a lot yeah. easier for them just to put those pins in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Doug Bradley. Yeah, the whole thing, as I said, uh, all of you that are saying this, it, it's a movie you can watch. And notice, I said movie you can watch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, I, I would say, yeah, Hellraiser put a whole new spin on Slasher Flicks because, like Jonathan said, all the BDSM people are now involved in a lot of leather and all this and the extreme body modifications that some people go through. You know, you've got, you know, these guys that like, and there was the one at the Hot Topic down the road for me at Westland Mall. There's the one guy who looks like, you know, he fell, and I said this to my kid when, yeah, Dad, why don't you come on? The guy looks like he fell face first into a tackle box, Shelly. Come on, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, and it kind of in many ways, you know, um, you know, upended the whole premise for a lot of these slasher films. Okay, yeah, because they're doing it to enlighten the person they're doing it to. Yeah, that, and they're not doing it to like end their lives or to just to kill them. They act, they're doing it as a transformative process. Yeah, and and they see them as they see themselves as the hero. Yeah, the and and that's how they list the chitons in the best year. It's like, yes, they're going through this horrific extreme bodily modification as a form of transubstantiation into a higher they're evolving they're evolving into their final form, you know. And yeah, and I'm reading that and that was another thing, reading the, the flavor text of the chit- yeah, the, these are Hellraiser, this is a Cenobite, yeah. And they do, they see that they they play on the human's darkest fears and in giving into that fear, then they have, oh look, we can evolve them and it helps us perfect our craft and yeah. We have such sights to show you. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> there we go. I could I could be and as I said, it's like my players and my games don't listen to this podcast, so I can say stuff. It's not gonna get out. Oh no, I could really start going down that. Well, Carrie, who is the one who brought in the the Cenobites the chitons, yeah. Then there's Gina. Not so sure. Fur. She'll just be sitting there, sitting across the table, looking at me. Really, you're you're going here, yeah. But yeah, it could be where just yeah. The it, it's weird that they see that as enlightenment, and just yeah. And then they want to drag others down that path. They see humans as sort of a what's the term I'm looking for here? An inferior form, I guess would be, and just the way that you unlock. Going down this path is just pure animal, reptile, brain-level fear. Just, yeah, I guess that... that... Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I I don't think it's... It's more like it's almost philosophical. They, 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 they see sensations, especially extreme sensations. It's that blur, as... of, it's that blur of pain and pleasure. Yeah, where they say and, they say and, it's just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. He always thought that the, he he thought that pain was much more uh, invigorating than pleasure was. Well, there is that concept, and we're not. I'm not trying to get dark here. I'm not trying to make this where you know, listeners, go to your kids' earmuffs. You know, but yeah, yeah there is, and Jonathan did mention BDSM, so he started it. Um, where the yeah, you mentioned those words before me. Um, that and and I have friends of mine in the local fandom and all the other little things I I my circle my Venn diagrams touch upon, and they've explained it to me. And it's like no, after a while, 
enough of the pain, your pleasure centers kick in. And just, I'm trying to still wrap around, just it's like, now, I was just tra- trained, I, you know, I was just raised, you don't do that to your partner. I mean, this is fine for you. It's not for me. And it's, it's yeah. they, there's feeling pain and being hurt. And it just, my one friend tried explaining it to me and I'm trying, okay, yeah. But now I'm seeing it's like after a while, the pain only goes to a certain point and then the pleasure centers kick in. And from what I your body's natural, you know, endorphins and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you you also get like it's I I I don't think it's quite the same, but it would be similar to like the runner's high. Yeah, yeah. As you as you push your body to to certain limits, your brain will start kicking in those endorphins and everything to help you ignore the 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 pain and the exhaustion and the yeah. yeah exactly in the zone, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I was really trying to tap dance. I mean, you know, that, that was embracing my inner Fred to stare with that one because we're still trying to keep this relatively family-friendly here. But considering right. the subject, we don't have to go into yeah. details. We're, we're no, not going to explain even... how the body works or anything like that. Yeah. But that was the premise of the film was that, you know, the, at least for the Cenobites, that they found that, you know, by going beyond their human forms through body modification and through accepting pleasure pain as pleasure they were able to be more yeah. than their original transcend their original boundaries as human beings you know and that's and it wanted to give that gift to other like-minded people which is why of course you know in the second movie when the evil doctor is uh having the the uh somewhat idiot savant uh trying to figure out how to uh, open the puzzle box and she does, and the Cenobites show up. They're like, "Oh, let's go and start with her." And he and Pinhead says, "No, it is not hands that draw us, but desire." So, and they went and found the doctor, and the movie proceeded from there. Hmm. At which, at which point, later on in the movie, after the doctor has gone through some severe body modification, you know, he looks at the camera and says, "And to think, I, I hesitated." <laughs> so. It's, it's a dark, very dark movie. Oh, yeah. There's lots, of, there's lots of slashing and killing going on in it. You know, so far. Although, if uh, I think but about anyways. it, I don't know if there was a lot of slashing and killing necessarily in the first one. It was... Oh, yes. Uh, uh, all those knives, all those blades. There was and, a lot of slashing, and, I will admit that. But yes. was there a lot of killing? Because I could think of two dead bodies. Well, there was there was the girl, you know, the, the um, and her lover. Uh-huh. Um, uh, uh, I think there was a, like a, a a police officer at some point. Uh, there was the uh, father who. Uh, but were they killed by the Cenobites or by the crazy people who wanted to summon them? That's what I'm wondering. Well, granted, okay, I'm just I'm not saying it was all done by the Cenobites. No, okay, no, okay, yeah. fine, yeah, yeah, but that's 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 what makes me think that the first one was very much like a psychological horror instead of yeah. your standard slasher, but then it did. It definitely moved more and more towards the slasher as the sequels came on. Oh, yeah. It, it got to a certain point where they were literally, you know, dis- disemboweling entire uh, nightclubs and such. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, we hope you'll add this to your game, especially considering how close we are to Halloween. Uh, don't be afraid to uh, be a little spooky. 
in your game. Oh, God, as of, as of this taping. Oh, God, a week and a half to Halloween. Oh, jeez. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Oh, wow. Our, Hall- our Halloween party is this weekend. But you, oh, okay. you guys are all too far away to come unless you yeah. want us to make the trip. You're welcome to come. But uh, anyways, uh, uh, have fun. You know, remember, every every game session can be Halloween if you want it to be. And every game session can have these things if you want to have them. So, you know, think about how you can uh, change things up, do something different, try your hand at something you may not have done. Because that's what we're about. We're gaming on the frontier, and we want to bring the awesome to your table. And we're going to have more for you next week. But you have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.